0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Finance and Technology Insights. Eric Bjorndorf is here. I'm Brian Williams. We're excited to get back into it after uh, an exciting and I guess more eventful than exciting week. But uh, how are you doing, Eric?
1: Doing good. Yeah, we're uh, episode, what are we in? Episode twenty twenty eight. 28. Twenty-eight. Um, after right. a two two-week hiatus, um, we're not. It looks like we have some rust to knock off uh, from uh, from our production uh, processes. If you don't use it, you lose it, I guess. But um, I guess so. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, was, yeah. Did we miss two weeks or one one week? It's been two weeks since we I think been two on weeks. Week yeah, we didn't it. record for two weeks. Oh, really? Um, yeah. Okay. I went, We or or more because um, we didn't record last week. We didn't record the week before. So just to catch everybody wow. up, I, you know, we took the girls to Florida, um, to Disney and for a long weekend. And I think, uh, I don't know when it was that the, that was the, uh, the 28th, I think. Okay. Yeah. We were, we were gone the 28th through the first, we didn't record on the second and we didn't record on the ninth. Wow. Um, All right. so, uh, Finally, I got COVID, so I'm, I'm a part of the club now. Um, I hate to admit that I have um, what I think they call as long COVID, so I had um, about four or five days of fever and um, aches and pains and um, just le- just general lethargy and uh, that kind of went into last week and i still kind of have what i describe as basically like heavy allergy symptoms you, you know running nose uh loose cough i don't know if you can hear it i kind of have you know a little, my my lymph nodes are a little swollen still so um yeah so that was my the last two weeks for me <laughs> how about you <laughs> yeah, you actually sound pretty
0: good though no i wouldn't i don't think anybody would notice it unless you mention it so
1: yeah, it's it is it is kind of like that at that point now where you know I'm 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 allowed to recirculate with the public based on the CDC guidelines. Um, I don't feel like I'm I'm shedding virus all over every you know everything. Um, my energy levels I would probably say are back to like 85 90 percent. Okay. I, my lungs do still feel a little. You know, we walked the girls down to the center of the town um, over the weekend, and I was just I was. My blood pressure. I could, you know, those those times where like you can hear your heartbeat. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so that's kind of um, where I'm at. But yeah, it'll it'll go out like a lamb. I'm sure. Good. Good. So no, tell good. us about so, your so is, what's going I was on. Gonna with ask your last is there a
0: specific time when they uh, consider it to be long long COVID? And I was going to ask you about the
1: taste, your sense of taste too. Um. Oh yeah. So the so my taste. Um was affected but again it was it felt more like i don't know if you've ever suffered from allergies but you know how like all the all the symptoms associated with drip you know like when the, when your mouth gets pasty i mean i know this is disgusting but you know when when you're that whole you're no, you know your whole nose and nasal situation gets you know whatever that that's a, what i i experienced i didn't i didn't experience some real marked um drop off of my taste like oh I've got COVID because I can't taste anything. Right. It was the elevated, it was the sustained elevated fever that I had for four to five days that was the real tell for me. Yeah. Well I'm glad to hear you're feeling better, getting your energy
0: back. And uh hopefully it's back for the weekend. You need a little bit more, at least if you're up moving around, right? You'd rather have that on the weekend. During the day you can just kind of muscle through your work because you're not,
1: yeah, not I mean, I, physical. I, I really didn't work much, um, over the last, uh, I, I, I probably would say I returned to work maybe last Thursday or so, but I, I took, I took a good 10 days of like mm. rest. I mean, you know, you could stay on top of emails from your phone, you know, and that's, I, I stayed above water and things, but, um, yeah, yeah it was, I was not a lot of, you know, kind of in the saddle working time right. for, for a long time, which is frustrating. And we were going to take the girls last, last week to um to a resort uh on the on the um on the sound i forgot what what town it was in westbrook or, or maybe milford or something we we booked a really nice um overnight at a resort with some friends and uh, and missed a, a, one of our very good friends birthday so mm-hmm. it's kind of a disappointing situation plus you know burning burning a uh, two weeks uh the last two weeks of the summer is kind of
0: frustrating but yeah yeah i mean i if you're looking for a sunny side up it was a big vacation week so i guess from a work standpoint it was probably a little bit light as far as
1: contacts and, and marketing yeah. and that sort of stuff so um but, but yeah enough was, about enough about me i want to hear i want to hear about your la, the last seven days of your existence yeah, tell so us all we, about that yeah so we uh, we did an alaskan cruise we
0: flew uh so last last friday we went to uh Left from Bradley and flew to uh, Toronto, and then we had to rush through the airport to get our connecting flight to Vancouver because we were delayed coming out of Hartford significantly, and we had like a three-hour gap there. But that just that just closed up, but uh, so we were able to make that, and we went to got to Vancouver. We ended up staying there t- two nights, which was the plan, just to kind of get acclimated to the time change and give my son a kind of a rest there, and. Go through our test again. He had the test again for COVID, but we didn't. Um so we because he's not vaccinated. So he's he's four years old. So he's not uh not at that point yet. So um yeah and then we we did our cruise. We did uh so we left on a Sunday and first day at sea and then we did three stops with uh two of them we did excursions on and uh then we sailed back to Vancouver and got off Sunday we uh did not we did not stay in vancouver when we got back but we did stay in toronto just because we we got off the ship about 10 o'clock and then uh by the time we flew to toronto it was so late so luckily my wife had the hotel booked in the airport and we got we got into toronto at one thirty local time so we just we stayed there and then uh flew back to bradley yesterday and that was that was delayed too uh, we got back home about I don't know, I guess about three o'clock or so. So that was our exciting uh couple weeks. Really so good let me,
1: time. Let me ask
0: have you yeah. have you ever taken a cruise before? I have not. Uh so we went with obviously my wife and my son, my mother-in-law and her sister. So my wife's aunt. Um, they're they're bigger cruisers than me or my family is. Um, and I still kind of have mixed feelings. I don't think my opinions on on
1: cruises really changed going through the experience but um
0: was there any cool
1: factor about being on a big boat and being on the ocean and a hotel on the water yeah
0: yeah all that stuff i mean just uh you know obviously i'd seen cruise ships and stuff so you're familiar with the size but um you know just the idea of being on that big of a because it is technology, right? As we talk about finance and technology, it is a big floating piece of different technology and all that goes into, to running that. And, uh, you know, it's an all inclusive resort on the water is what it is. So you're everything that's involved in that. Uh, when you take a step back and think about from the, from the cooking, to the cleaning, to the plumbing, to the electricity, to the fi to all that stuff, it's really, uh, you are really in in awe of
1: it, the whole the whole process. And and what about the size being on it? Is it just? I mean, is it is it just so big being on on a cruise? I mean, I've never been on a cruise. I've never been on even. I mean, I've seen them. You see them kind of like pass through a harbor or something. Yeah. But being on it, was it just big feeling? Yeah, definitely. I mean, there are certain times you forget you're you're on a
0: boat. Definitely, if you're on the interior
1: um, or something, you're in like a foyer or a lobby or
0: yeah, or even just like so so you know we had a balcony room and you know you close the close the blinds you close the the shades or whatever and it's like you're in a hotel room um a little bit smaller than you might than you might think but you're in that you're in that space and uh then you open the blinds and you see the water moving it's a little bit it's a little bit weird you know you're like oh yeah we could you feel the loading while you're in bed or was
1: that that uh
0: you know I, i really didn't there there was one night when uh it was a little bit choppy and my wife was asleep and i was just kind of laying there but it it didn't it didn't make me sick it didn't uh prevent me from falling asleep i was awake just for other reasons or natural cycle or whatever but uh that yeah it didn't bother me i didn't take any sort of medication my wife does some stuff uh just like that you know that thing you put behind your ear one of those two magnets to uh so she does that She sometimes does that when she flies too but i didn't i didn't take anything i'm normally pretty good about that stuff. Like I don't have issues with flying or so I figured I'm not going to take anything, you know, in advance of it. Let me get on, let me see how it goes. And, um, so I
1: didn't have any problem with that. All um, right. So tell, so tell me now about like the, the, the destination, you know, I, when I think of a cruise, like sure, send me to the Caribbean send, you know, let's see, let's go to my flying to Miami, warm shorts, you know, uh, mm-hmm. sun, uh, islands, beach, whatever. I personally internally have no ambition to go on a cruise to Alaska. Um mm-hmm. what do you what was your thoughts on that? Yeah, so mine so pretty much
0: the exact opposite. So the idea of using a cruise as like a a method of transportation is extremely inefficient, you know, like I have no like, you know, cruising to taking a cruise across the Atlantic or something like that. I don't have any interest in that because it's not, there's more efficient ways to to get to London, you know, there's, so, but the, the cruise in this instance, you're going through, uh, you know, you're going through that, that channel. You're, so you're not, you are out in the Pacific kind of on the way back, but um, so the cruise is part of, part of the sightseeing expedition. And there's, you know, from a glacier standpoint and, you know, whether it's a, a looking for whales or dolphins or whatever, there's no other method to do that other than, than be in a boat. So so the fact that the cruise is part of the part of the experience, you know, I wouldn't have any interest in being on a cruise where it's just ocean on on both sides for, you know, seven days or whatever. I don't. But but this there was so much of it, you know, to to sit out on the balcony and look at the mountains or see dolphins or whales or glaciers like that's part of so. For me, that that kind of made sense. It's like, all right, well, there's no other way to see this stuff other than be on a boat. So if that's also your method of getting to Juno, then, then that that makes sense to me. So and was
1: was the the sights interesting enough to warrant the uh, the effort?
0: Yeah, yeah. So for,
1: I, I enjoyed it because
0: you're you know, it's not like an all encompassing thing. It's almost like just to be able to sit on the balcony and read a book, or um, you know, listen to listen to music, or just just to observe it as you're passing i think is uh is interesting so i enjoyed that um more so than i would enjoy just being in being looking at empty water
1: you know right 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 but i mean from the north (laughs) cool climate to you know like i said i'd rather be in the sailing the caribbean you know rather than sailing the alaskan coast Uh, but you're both or either or
0: well so yeah definitely definitely cruising Alaska is something I'd prefer rather than um yeah. being at sea. I like the extra daylight. <clears throat> that was that was kind of interesting. And then the um we we were very lucky from a uh weather standpoint. So Alaska August rains like 60% of the time. Oh wow um, and so there's almost, you know, through the course of 24 hours there's almost some form of precipitation every day. So we were very lucky and caught none of that. Um, the temperatures were in the seasonal range, but kind of at the high end of that. So you're, you know, you're waking up to, to low fifties and peaking out at almost 70. So, I mean, if you're up walking around and walk, that's all you want anyway, you know, you're, it's not, you know, if you're sitting on a beach it might feel a little bit cold, but if you're in town and you yeah. know, you got a, you know, t-shirt and, and pants on, I mean, it's, it's ideal. Um cool. especially if you're doing any excursions where there's you know some walking involved or whatever so so we got very lucky there so um it's one of those things where you want to talk about the the what a good time you have but you have to put those caveats on it because somebody might do the exact same thing and it might rain for seven days straight it's right, right. About what a bad experience they had so um, so you try not to let your personal experience affect how you would Kind of give a fair assessment of the whole thing but yeah we were extremely lucky from a from a weather standpoint so and you
1: guys made landfall a couple of times you said for some, we, for did. some we did i heard the mosquitoes in alaska in the summer can be crazy anything like that
0: you know it's weird we were prepared for that and we we thought it would come but we had no issue with that at all um cool. i don't know i don't know why i don't know why why we didn't unless the mosquitoes there are so used to having it rain that that's their preferred environment or whatever. Hmm. And and since they weren't getting a rain, maybe it was too, too warm for them or whatever. But um, yeah, we, we didn't have any issues with that at all. So I guess we got pretty lucky on that front too. Cool. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, seeing the glaciers was interesting. We uh, there's one spot, you know, you can't go through that stuff without thinking about, you know, climate and climate change stuff. And one of the glaciers that we went to had pictures of the receding, you know had a picture of the same glacier from you know the 20s to the 40s the 60s the 80s um you know and it's definitely receding that's definitely a a factor there <clears throat> and it was not the position we were in was not maybe as thrilling as it was 50 years ago or even 10 years ago so that's a you know that's a factor you think about that stuff too but um so yeah we we had a really good time and uh My son had had no issues he was he was good the boat didn't bother him at all he was running around with his with his grandma and his aunt and with us Yeah, the pictures
1: you sent were pretty pretty cool yeah he he was
0: loving it so um yeah so that was our last week or 10 days or so so back at it today i thought i'd be okay with the time change just because we were up so late we thought we'd be so tired that um so my wife went to bed normal time here and so did my son but i was like i was like wide awake stayed up a little bit later and slept a little bit later today but uh, should be back on track as of tonight so
1: good good yeah yeah so so what's uh let's see what's going on with north Shore
0: <clears throat> well i love that still that's so great um <laughs> So it was just a matter of uh, like, you know, like you said, trying to be, you know, you were sick, I was away, but same, same sort of thing. You're nothing necessarily proactive. It's just reactive stuff. Um, We were a little bit disappointed in the, uh, the Wi-Fi capabilities of the ship. So
1: they don't have Starlink yet.
0: Yeah. They, so they, they had two, sir, they have two options and they, they build one as like a basic internet and they said best for emails or whatever. And the other one was called like uh, something streaming plus for whatever, but there was no possible way you could use it for any sort of streaming. So, um, it was, it was, you know, other than email, it was pretty much tough to do anything, which was probably a good thing. Um,
1: put the devices (laughs) down, go look at the glacier.
0: Right, exactly. You know, and, and so I was, you know a couple times i was kind of bummed that i wasn't able to do certain things business-wise that i wanted to do but i was like you know if the trade-off is not seeing a bunch of 15 year olds recording TikToks on the deck all day it's probably worth it um the other thing that that was that's you have to know about cruises uh is are they're, they're really very limited in the uh, electrical outlets and they don't let you bring any sort of um the ships are all a little bit different, but they shy away from you using any sort of power strips or extension cords or anything like that. So you're um, you have two plugs in your uh, in our room. We had two plugs. Nothing in the bathroom, so that was it. And you could walk all over the ship and not find any plugs anywhere. Even in the business center, their business centers. I use the, the air quotes there, but so they had this business center with like six or seven desktops. i'm like i'll go there and you know be able to plug in and get some juice and nothing anywhere so there there was one one morning where i was up at like three and i was like all right let me just grab my laptop and we go somewhere and and work Uh, and it hadn't been hadn't been charged and there was there was really like nowhere to to plug in so again Hmm. it's one of those trade-offs where i'm like you know what it kind of sucks for me in this instance cuz I'm looking for that but man do you really want to walk out on like be walking around the pool or around the you know deck somewhere and just see a bunch of people like plugged in and I, it's like I don't want to see that either so it's so that constant kind of like I wish I had it only for myself but overall I think it probably made the experience better for for everybody um and spoken uh, like a
1: true democrat <laughs>
0: yeah I guess so <laughs> um so they uh couldn't help it I always kind of joke about my about like Disney because my wife is, is in Disney and I'm like, you know what? If you see a family of three or four, like there's a pretty good chance one of them is having a miserable time. That's just the way it is. It's like either the, the dad doesn't want to be there or
1: the mom yeah, I, guess, I could speak there. to that.
0: Yeah, exactly. So that's or like the kids too hot or hungry. It's like, but I didn't I didn't see that in the cruise. And I saw a lot of teens hanging out with their parents, probably because they couldn't go online, but uh, all ages, um, and I know it's kind of a I think cruise is still the best place for like a multiple generation trip, you know, so if it's kids, parents, grandparents, or uh, I think all that, that I mean cruise is perfect for that it really is so um so i I did really enjoy that nowhere on my business segment, but uh, I, I thought i would
1: tell you so you didn't I mean, work okay. much so you didn't work much on the cruise
0: no, just a lot of uh just you know like you did replying to emails and nothing. I have Do my you to, idea notebook, which was, which is like full of stuff, which is like you know, probably me. half nonsense as I go back and read it.
1: But, uh, you know, so I, I, give you, uh, throughout you and I communicate throughout the week, which is a lot of fun, but, and, but I, um, and I give you a lot of, um, I try to save as much of, of our, you know, deep conversations for either, you know, over lunch or, uh, or our show, you know, mm-hmm. um, It's not because i'm disinterested what i what i want to hear about if you're willing to talk about it is yeah um your email your last email marketing you know you you, yes you you want to speak to that yeah that's right i mean we haven't done a
0: a show in a while so i had done um well last (laughs) time we spoke you said you sent out a pretty lofty uh email campaign right i i did so so the first part that was kind of funny is i had um i used send in blue for my uh for my email marketing so they're very similar to like a Mailchimp or uh, or Constant Contact. I I stumbled on them because uh, when I I was I think on Mailchimp, but I I went there because uh, their high volume stuff was a little bit expensive. So when you once you get into higher levels of contact, <clears throat> uh, Mailchimp and Constant Contact are a lot more expensive. So. Um, so I used send in blue, and I, I actually thought my my email limit per month was twenty was two hundred thousand, and it was twenty thousand. So I had prepared this list, but <clears throat> this uh, very long list, which I wasn't able to do. But um, anyway, so I did send seventeen thousand emails. This was from a Connecticut business list. This was a, um, and it it was. Uh, I thought a decent value add, it wasn't necessarily a huge sales thing or call to action. It was, you know, in Connecticut and a lot of other states, there's a mandate for a retirement plan. So the first mandate already passed, 100 or more employees. At the end of October, it's 25 or more employees. And then March, it's five or more employees. And all businesses are going to wait to the last minute. You know how it is. But this isn't something you can, you know, you need to just wait and think about two days before your deadline. So um so it was, you know, be briefly explaining the program, putting the disclaimer in there that I'm not affiliated with the program, but here's here's the mandate. So there's really two parts. There's the mandate and also the state of Connecticut is running their <laughs> own platform. Bless you. And they uh so they have their own platform. So it was the call to action was to sign up for a webinar or for uh was it was a webinar or a LinkedIn event, I forget, but I do have a LinkedIn
1: event coming. And then if not, you know, schedule 15 minutes to chat. So, um so seventeen thousand, a value like a so an informational piece, mm-hmm. with an offer to for a webinar. How many respond? How many positive respondents did you get? Uh, I think about five or so people actually booked
0: time or uh, or signed up for for the event, which was pretty good. Um, the uh, the unsubscribed 3, was less. I'm sorry, what?
1: That's like one re, one one lead per three thousand emails. Yes, I had. Uh,
0: 2,700 openers, which is pretty good around 17%, I guess, uh, 2% were clickers and about 150 unsubscribed, less than 1%. So, so that's a pretty good sign, I guess. Um, you know, you start to, like we talked about, you, once you start to get you you draw a line through the idea of small sample size, right? Once you start to get these numbers up, so. Um, I'll be curious to see how those numbers, if, if I get better, if, you know, openers depends on your subject line, obviously, and then clickers depends on your content and then unsubscribe depends, I guess, more on the, the quality of your list Sorry, the quality of your list or,
1: uh, right. And, and, and I think the, um, give me a, give me a sound check. Yeah. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, You're a little distant there. Yeah. dropping. Yeah microphone off here um so that's good yeah the qua- the quality of the content too is, is is important that's one thing that we're we're transitioning into uh, you know uh, we're we're transitioning our content from more of a, an advertisement uh, mm-hmm. a self-advertising content you know we started in social um and we're really trying to uh, uh, i've built a team to conceptualize valued content we don't want to we, we want to really transition to putting out only content that really helps people um or brings them any value which um it's kind of kind of goes without saying but you know it's sometimes the learning curve can be steep for, for yeah us.
0: well it does and it and and it doesn't it's amazing how many you know facebook posts or linkedin posts or just like no value add it's just a pure advertisement without paying for advert without paying for advertisement or how many emails that are just, you know, strictly to that call for action. That's like, Hey, can you book an appointment? Here's my, it's like, I don't even know what you do to scroll down to your, um, to your email signature to even find what company you work for. Right.
1: But we're uh, guilty of that on the social side, but we're, we're hopefully, we're, we've been working on that pretty consistently trying to, you know, offer some value to the community. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. And there's certainly a lot a lot to be had out there. And you want to be, you know, you start to be positioned not only well for clients, but uh, and I know you've seen this too, but you end up your peers, you know, look out to you. And some of the best information I get is from, you know, following other advisors on LinkedIn and Facebook and seeing what they're doing. And just, uh, I'm in one group in particular that has like the oddest, like oddball questions, which I like to like. Somebody posted yesterday is like, one of my clients is looking to purchase a bread route. Does anybody else have any information on that or uh, any ROI calculations? It was just such an oddball thing. Yeah um, but uh, yeah, so you positioned you with clients and positioned you as an industry leader and, and stuff too. So since I've been more active on on social over the summer, get more sales calls, of course, but also you just I've had people reach out and be like oh yeah i've seen your content you're doing a lot more and from industry people and whatever so that's pretty cool
1: excellent excellent
0: yeah so what's going on in evernet let's play uh, let's play your clip here
1: i love the binary code on that it's so funny <laughs> so appropriate
0: we're gonna find um, out it, it means it means something like terrible or it's like some some horrific virus or something,
1: right? So, what's new with us? Um, we uh, did some hiring, so we're expanding our team. Brought in, uh, we're bringing on. Well, we just brought in another resource on the marketing team. We're bringing on another technical resource presently. Um, I've uh, finished this internal project. To it's. I've spoken way too much about it at this point, but it's kind of in pretty impactful. But um, basically finished integrating uh, my HR software with all of my business software. So when we bring in a r- new resource, that resource propagates across all of our software and provisions their user account across all of our software. And then I implemented what's called single sign on. So again, um, not only are they provisioned, but they log in through our identity provider, which is our email system. And now they have like one click access to all of the applications we use. And we use we use at least a half a dozen softwares daily, um, heavily for our, to run our business. And, um, you know, it's it just lowers the bar for new team members, new employees. Um, the learning curve can be pretty steep for for a new employee. So it's just all in that effort to just really lower the learning curve and the onboarding uh burden i guess uh for for new employees so that's pretty exciting
0: how long does it take when you hire somebody to get through what you would consider
1: onboarding and then start to work i mean i i've had i've had new employees not be really productive um I've some some have come online and uh, within a day or two and have been incredibly productive. Um, it, one of uh, one of our newest hires is like incredibly astute when it comes to the tools and the methods. And um, you know, I I only have to show him one thing once and he he gets it. I've had some I've had some resources take six months before they really kind of understood the paradigm around the tool set that we use in the workflow. And in retrospect, maybe those weren't the best resources. I, I tend to try really hard to develop people. Um, and, um, I probably don't, I probably don't throw in the towel for on people fast enough. And mm-hmm. I think that's one of my managerial, um, um, problems is I, I, I try to find the value and, and opportunity in everybody and kind of help develop them. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's, it a, a good resource should, should be online and and gelling within a week or two, I think is, is where we're coming from. Mm -hmm. Um, We, one of the parts of the projects, this whole HR project that we, that I've done uh, over the last six months is um, implement a learning management system, which is basically a software that it's basically like, um, if you've ever taken an online course, it's basically Mm -hmm. a portal that a company can curate their own online courses um, actually, there's a there's a tool that allows us to sell courses if we wanted to. Um, so you can use it internally for your company or you can end or sell courses. And like if you were a consultant or something, um, you may have seen those online. Um, but we're in the process of basically codifying our entire onboarding and training uh, processes In video assets, basically recording a training with a real person and then basically using that video asset as using that training as a video asset for a a particular course. And then uh, the cool thing is you can um, then assign like an assessment to each course. So it's Mm -hmm. like watch the video answer these questions. You know, for us, we don't see any value in maybe more than five questions or something per per video asset because it's it's all about you know, offering the training and then measuring the training, you know, like, are you are you actually learning that? And that's something I'm really excited about over the next year or so um, implementing, because the idea is we really I can't tell you how many times I've trained uh, and all of all of our uh, team leaders have trained new resources repeatedly in the same exact process or procedure. And if you could just capture that in a video video. <laughs> And then just assign that video learning to the new resource and basically say okay on your first week just go through all of this training and then report back and then that your team leader will you know see your measurement scores and things through that and then uh, effectively you know the goal you know on week monday of week two when you start talking to the resource and collect you know about this or about that they don't have that like distant gaze and the glossy eye look you know it's yeah <laughs> so that's what we're, you know, because we're, you know, running a consultancy, which is effectively what we are, we're a service business, we're a consulting company, effectively, we're a service co- company, it, you know, my over the last 20 years of doing this, it's the hardest business you can run, you know, and, and when I sell this business or retire or move on, you know, I, I always tell my wife, I'm I'm going to go like, open a hot dog stand somewhere Mm -hmm. (laughs) lemonade stand you've got experience yeah i'm gonna open a a (laughs) lemonade stand with the girls or or like go just rent uh mopeds on some like resort island or beach you know what i mean like it's just so transactional. It's like, here's the thing. Do you want it or not? It's here's the money. Like, enjoy, you know, yep. running a consulting company is is like it's such an intellectual product that you're selling. And then there's a heavy, I mean, it's all service. And, and not that I'm afraid of offering service. You know, it's, I've always been in, in service. Mm-hmm um but it's just incredibly difficult to to grow that and scale that and maintain a quality product so
0: yeah yeah and pricing is is a challenge too what's the appropriate price and and value and is every single client getting the value that they're paying for that's always you know a a challenge for me if you've got clients who are more needy and they're paying the same as some clients who less needy one's essentially subsidizing the other and right. you get it. but you're you know once you go down that that pricing rabbit hole it's hard to come back right. out of but
1: that that's why slinging hot dogs are renting mopeds you know it's yeah like... <laughs> exactly
0: yeah here's what it is here's the price exchange for goods services yep. and you're done um, so
1: that's uh,
0: so what did you find is a good uh video length
1: for your training videos how long do you make those that's to be determined but okay. i'm uh i'm guessing it seems like most people today don't want to sit through more than like an 8 to 12 minute video right i mean to <laughs> I think about what tar- eight to 12, that's what i have <laughs> huh i had written down 8 to 12 did you really write? Yeah. That 8 to 12? Yeah. yeah. I mean, even, I mean, the uh, the face, the uh, YouTube algorithms are the same way. You don't mm-hmm. see a lot of YouTubers out there. I mean, really, 12 minutes seems like a really common 8 to 12, really. Um, and you do see, you know, so a lot of my YouTubers do like, uh, you know, 18 minutes, 19 minutes, sometimes 23 minutes. But, you know, our long form video here, like, you know, nobody wants to see that stuff. It, it's right. Um, I I do like uh, I do have a couple podcasters that do long form and talk about, you know, specific subject matters. But when you're doing like an information transfer, um, you know, it seems like eight to 12 minutes is really a target target time for that. I I can only go about 12 minutes
0: without getting a snack anyway. So that's that's
1: checking your email or checking your text or like.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, I think that's. From a hundred percent attention. I mean, even the longer form stuff I, that I listen to or watch, it's pr- it's usually secondary. It's going to be on in the background, and if you miss something, you can just go back and, and rewind right. it, or or you miss a segment or something. But no, that that's interesting. So, is your ultimate goal be like, all right, I want to get to onboarding in this team or this department is twenty hours. We know that's what it takes every
1: time, or You know, do you have like an hour goal in mind? Is that? (coughs) No, I I think like the first, I think that everybody should be able to be onboarded within the first week of employment. Like it it just feels like it's like the first week of school, you know, like, you know, only the tough teachers are really like, you know, bearing down on the students uh, within the first week of school from an educational standpoint, because there's always forms and there's always introductions and names and, you know, acclamation, you know. And I'm that kind of leader. Like I don't, I don't really want anybody to stress at, around me or for what what I'm asking of them at all. So in my mind, I feel like the first week is really just should be orientation, you know, knowledge transfer, training, that sort of thing. Which I think, you know, uh, surprisingly, the curriculum that we have put together, we we put the whole curriculum together so far from like a um, a. Uh, well curriculum or syllabus standpoint you know so we have what we want to train so now we just have to populate it with the training uh, video and assessment assets and then we have some more learning that we have to do about the platform on how best to implement that should should training should all the trainings just be open or how best to kind of lead them by the nose through the most optimal path because a lot of trainings like you don't want to really learn about this software or this task in this software until you get the overview of that software mm-hmm. and you don't you can't get in this software unless you first log into your email you know what i mean so it's like it, it's it's really kind of developmental like that so we have to kind of sort that out and um, but i think a week is going to be definitely enough time to do the knowledge transfer and the and the cool thing too is um using it to reinforce processes, you know, we're pretty operationally mature at this point. Our team is really uh, operating on all cylinders, but there has been times where like somebody's not following, you know, for whatever reason, have just, they jumped the track on a, a given process or something. And then, you know, rather than be disciplinary, uh, disciplinary about it, you just say like, you know, you, you, one of the team leaders or something can just reassign the training to that resource and just, mm-hmm. you know, there's 10 minutes, do the assessment and move on, you know? Right. Is your, um,
0: would you have the training set up to, is there any leeway based on somebody's experience? So, so let's say you had a 12 minute video on using teams or something and somebody comes in and they're like, oh, I'm a, I'm a Microsoft teams expert. Can I, you know, switch out of that segment or do you give any leeway there?
1: Um, you know, for 12 minutes, we'd rather, we would, we would rather just have you take the training. Cause it's always, all of the training is going to be in the context of how we use the tools. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's going to even if you are a teams expert and we do use teams heavily, um, it, there's still context in the way that we use teams. And if you uh, do you integrate all your HR stuff with that, too, like
0: your uh, sexual harassment training and all that sort of stuff.
1: That's a great question. Well, yes. So there are um, fortunately this um, platform has off the shelf uh trainings like sexual harassment and um discrimination and all that that um based on the, the state's department of labor re, uh, requirements we can buy uh for a pretty reasonable price and then just assign it so yeah we could you can kind of build in um necessary trainings like that one of the things that we're thinking about and we're exploring we we do sell and dog food which means we use it ourselves internally a security awareness training platform right um and that's a really important piece and we are looking at whether our lms can also be that but lms is lms stands for learning management system um and if you google i I bet you if you google lms you'll see all of the key players out there because it's an up-and-coming kind of product um Mm -hmm. the top five lms softwares this is a really um strategic advantage that companies can employ Um, i guess i don't mean to sell it Um, we don't resell an lms but we can help implement the lms and and train to the value of it for a company and that's certainly one one thing that we can do Um, but an lms is really going to be a competitive advantage for the companies who see the value in it Um, again just for the reason of like knowledge transfer you know getting an employee up to speed um, part of the disciplinary process, again, I hate the word disciplinary because it, it does, it is negative. But like if somebody, like I said, jumps a track on a process just for whatever reason, you know, they've done it repeatedly. I don't know if you've ever seen this, but like even in your house, you know, it's like, like somebody do the same thing like every single day, every single week. And then all of a sudden, like it's just, wait, what, where is this thing? Why is this different? You know what I mean? Okay um a company really is stronger when you have those like regularities and that consistency in your processes so like for whatever reason if somebody just you know it's usually because if somebody doesn't use the process frequently they'll kind of forget how to do it or something um so so those cases you could just reassign the training and say hey this is how remember this is how we do that Um, right and then and that's part of the kind of the department of labor's kind of expectations of you know termination process and things like that so like if you have an employee who's not following a process and you reissue the training uniformly and they uh, they through the assessment have demonstrated that they understand it and then continue not to follow the process you know now you can have a now you can say to the department of labor like this is a willful will, willful um insubordination or something you know unfortunately employment requires that you know right right can't can't have an employee say well I didn't know that. I didn't know that so I'm I'm worth, you know they terminated me undu- unduly, you know what I mean and, right, and, right. and and now give me unemployment for the next 6 to 8 months on their dime, you know. Yeah, exactly.
0: No, well, that's good. Yeah, that is exciting
1: stuff and it's good that you're
0: doing going through the process so you can, you know, help your clients go through the same
1: thing, right? Yeah, well, we dog food a lot of these technologies that we help our clients with. Mm-hmm. Um I had <laughs> <laughs> and that's the other thing I'm looking forward to with our marketing machine is helping get this content out like in a helpful context, like uh, this is how you can learn, use your LMS. This is how, you you know, security awareness training, all this stuff. Um, I just had a client who I, I, we've been servicing for well over 10 years call us and say, um, you know, we're having trouble with our phones. Like we're thinking about this, we're thinking about that. Um, and we're like, yeah, do you want us to help you help you? And and she's like, uh, oh, do you guys do phones? <laughs> and I'm like, yes, we do phones. <laughs> we do phones.
0: Yeah. So um, isn't that yeah, it's it's crazy sometimes when that when that happens, you have this other line of business that it happens to me all the time because I end up talking about 401k and retirement plans so much, especially because my um, uh, you know, with the Connecticut mandate and stuff. But I've had people say to me, like, man, I wish you I wish you managed personal money too. And I'm like, ah, It <laughs> drive you nuts. But but that's on me, it's my fault, not theirs. yeah
1: and that's part of the market yeah exactly that's the stream of marketing that's what marketing should do is just inform Mm -hmm. and 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 that sort of thing i even one of the things i don't know did you know did i tell you about the um uh the ad banner that we put in our um corporate email signature you did yeah i think you showed me that yeah that's pretty cool so, yeah, a few weeks ago or a few months ago, we implemented a product that allows us to centrally administer our corporate email signature for all of our resources. And we can dynamically insert their names and their emails and their extensions and that sort of thing. And it's really nice. It's it's, it's it solves a problem of, you know, every, you know, just unifying your your messaging and your presentation to, to your to your uh, network out there. And uh, I just had the idea I was like, you know what, let's just put an ad banner in the email signature in a tasteful kind of way, because uh, I looked at our mail server and I think we're sending like 17,000 emails a month from our organization. Wow. <clears throat> so I, I said, well, that's 70, 17,000 opportunities to educate the employee or the uh, the the uh, client base and whatever. And it's not thousand. Sometimes I have that before breakfast. <laughs> And it's and hopefully we continue to remain tasteful in the way that we do that. So it's just yeah. more about trying to educate like, yes, like we're going to do one that says like, yes, we also do phones. <laughs> you know, yes, <laughs> right, we, do, right. we do phones. Yeah. And that's where like
0: a like a newsletter or some of your other content comes in, too, you know, right. all Speak sort of, ties together. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So let's think about security on on phones, too. But your your phones can be can be hacked and tapped into as much as your email can.
1: Yeah, I mean, but we're not just a security company, we're a systems right. company, you know, where we we're we're the entire IT function for a business, you know, mm-hmm. uh, doctor's office, lawyer, you know, law firm whatever, like um, even though you might have an IT resource in house, you know, there's there's more work than can be done by one resource. And certainly your attorney or your doctor or your dentist should not be managing their phone systems. I mean, it's just it's just not appropriate, you know. So um, just like an accounting firm, you know, we mm-hmm. we're a resource that can be relied on to manage a function within the business, you know, right yeah so let's do a little housekeeping we're we're finance and technology insights with brian and eric we uh have a podcast and a youtube channel that i'm going to put up here's my website evernetco.com brian's northshire consulting oh geez
0: we didn't even talk about that did a little redesign of my website
1: oh yeah 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 that's right i forgot that, that a while back, I see your like social that. icons are up on the on the top that's wonderful yep yeah, yeah um And we do have uh, finance and technology. Our our primary resources, finance, finance and technology insights YouTube channel. Give us a like and subscribe if you're there. And we do have a Facebook group um, that I'm not, and a Facebook page I'm not going to bring up because I think somebody just messaged me on Facebook. So (laughs) uh, that's a little housekeeping for us. Normally, by now on the tail end of the show, we talk about current events as we bring it out. We're at the 45 minute mark. You want to chat about anything in the news? uh so i was kind of a little bit out of
0: it from a from a news standpoint so i know you posted some some pretty good stuff so i was trying
1: to catch up on that a little bit Uh, nothing nothing it's been kind of a a dull news cycle so i I mean i was just populating some news articles so so for the viewers out there all 16 of you we um we post news articles on our facebook page mm -hmm. um to give us some things to talk about on during our news segment, we we need a news. Oh, we do have a news segment. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so um, I just, I guess I'll bring up the page again. Um, but uh, you know me, I, I like the urban air mobility stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, United Airlines just pre-ordered ten million dollars worth of uh, air taxis. Um, yeah, I didn't get a chance to read that article. I did see
0: that, that, uh, that does look pretty interesting and they're not, they're not obviously self-driving or
1: anything, right? There's pilots involved there. Yeah. So the, the news cycles, uh, keeps, it seems like the plan for all these companies, there's a number of companies that are taught, that are, uh, working on urban air mobility that it's a combination of uh, urban air mobility and uh, the electrification of flight. Mm-hmm. so a lot of these are EV tolls. They call them electric vi- vi- uh, vehicle, vertical takeoff and landing craft. Yeah. Um, it seems like they're going to be piloted initially. And I actually think that that's, um, that's unfortunate because ultimately I, it's going to increase the price of the of the transport for one, which is going to they keep saying that this is not going to be a rich man's mode of transport. Um, it's going to be, you know, everybody's going to be able to use this. But in in my opinion, there, that's not going to be the case until these things are autonomous. Correct. Because the flight, the cost of the flight, if when you add in um, the the cost of the pilot. Is just going to make it a an extremely premium service, mm-hmm. um, but I mean, I guess that's how all things happen. I mean, the the new technologies come out, the early adopters, early adopt, you know, the new technology is expensive, so it's the people with the money get to use it and try it, and so I guess by the time it comes out to the everyman, it will uh, be autonomous. On that type of that type of vehicle, there, um, uh, how much landing space does that need? So. Th- so each there's a number of companies i would guesstimate maybe 10 to 20 real viable companies working on this spending billions of dollars on this um this i forgot who this company is archer or uh yeah this is archer aviation so the competing uh, designs are either static props that like your typical dji quadcopter or um, articulating props, and there's benefits to each. um With the articulating props, it's you can have fewer propellers um, and better um, lateral uh, speed performance because it you know it turns into a helicopter in this form factor when it goes up. And then if you notice that they actually have a wing here, so as it transitions to forward flight, the wing carries the lo- the majority of the load, and the props just. You know, are the the promoter propulsion propulsion. So these typically have longer range, um, but they do in, introduce the complexity of the articulating propeller. Which whenever there's complexity, there's you know room for failure there. Right. Um, I forgot what your answer was. I mean, <laughs> I asked how much landing space they need. Oh, yeah. so the landing space? Yeah, zero. You know, these 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 uh, most of these operate um, like helicopters.
0: Yeah so you
1: need the space
0: of a helicopter pad right so they're not going to land in a walmart parking space but maybe a parking lot maybe walmart has maybe two Uh, or three spots or something like that
1: i mean one of my predictions is that all these malls that are going out of business are going to turn into um, a combination of uh, fulfillment centers for amazon and urban air mobility centers yeah if if you think about it like these are designed for like hundred mile hops. So, um, you know, you're in Southington. So I don't know what box store is going out of business or mall you have uh, over on queen street or something, but you, you know, if there is one you could conceive that a big, you know, you just drive from your house to queen street and then you pick up, you know, you and your family get in one of these and a, you either go to Bradley to get your, your bigger connection or, Or New York City, Newark, LaGuardia, um, JFK to get your even your international hop. So then you don't even have to necessarily take a hop to Bradley to take another hop. You know what I mean? Um, And imagine that you just now you're now you're, you know, in, in flight from your town. For us, we're in West Hartford. We have the West Farms Mall. You know, they're trying to keep that place open, but I think there's a lot of vacancies there that that right. parking lot at West Farms is always, you know, there's a lot of space. there not being used, you know, so I, my my prediction is that malls uh, as they decay as a result of, um, you know, whatever Internet e-commerce is doing to retail, um, I think they're, those spaces are going to easily be re- repurposed as urban air mobility centers. Yeah. And you've got, you obviously got
0: weight issues involved there too, but you've got the whole potentially roofs of these structures, you know, you got that too. Um, Yeah. My
1: dad and I were kind of postulating about that too. Like you could imagine your drive to one of these centers and yeah, the weight is going to be a biggie. So is it, you know, two or four bodies max. You can imagine that like, if you have luggage, you maybe send your luggage ahead on one and uh, you check yeah, in your right. luggage, maybe at that spot, you know what I mean? So your luggage goes ahead of you, the, the bodies go next. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yeah, but in the, you know, in the instance of, like you said, the short
0: hops for, for shopping or something like that, there's certainly a, and that maybe that's what brings malls back, right? You've got that one central location that has all the stores you want. So you just land on oh, the oh, right that's right interesting. and go down. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you know you could have you right you do de- this could bring back the concept of kind of dense commerce retail sure
0: yeah absolutely um because yeah, then you know you go back and forth between downtowns and suburbia and uh, everybody's trying to bring back the downtown but this could this i don't know if you've got parking down there or
1: whatever this could be something that pushes it back out to the malls who knows yeah and i think this is going to um I think this technology is definitely going to drive people out to the rural areas. I mean, think about Mm -hmm. it. Like if you, if you can go live out in Litchfield or the Adirondacks and live in Mm -hmm. some quiet town, a hundred, 150 miles away and um, get, you know, your five acres of land for significantly less money and you want to still catch a show or shopping uh, rather, you know, without, you know, driving around the mountains and the hills for an hour and a half Mm -hmm. for two hours you just grab you know hail one of these in in your local community and um it it's really compelling to see how this is going to transform our yeah
0: and when you talk about 100 mile range i don't think most people realize how much is within a hundred mile range because you associate that with with driving 100 miles by air is obviously it covers a
1: significant a much more right. A hundred miles on a, on your car's odometer is not as far as a hundred miles as the as a crow flies. So, yeah, yeah that's a good. Good point. Yeah, I'd be curious what a hundred miles from New
0: York City looks like. Uh, just a pure radius from that. I have to believe that I'm in it, right? You're about Hartford. Is that within a hundred mile range in New York? It's got to be. I would uh, think so, right? I'm not the best
1: no. Google mapper. I know they have some cool tools no. on here. Can you, is there a straight line tool on here? I don't know. I know they have some tools on here. I don't, I don't know.
0: Big radius tool, Stats America.
1: Ah, oh, this should be fun. I know there's like some keyboard commands: Control Shift. Let's do uh, NYC to Hartford, Connecticut. So that's 118 miles, and that's pretty straight. So you can imagine direct Hartford to New York City. And that, yep, and that looks like Lower Manhattan too. So that's a, about 100 miles.
0: Yeah, that's pretty interesting. Pretty neat, right? Um, yeah. Anyway, so that's that. That's good news. What's your What's your estimate time wise on this?
1: On the oh.
0: How, how in what year can I pick up my phone and
1: do an Uber for
0: one of these things and be in New York in an hour? Uh,
1: 2032. All
0: right, all right, 2032. I was guess 2035. So, so we'll
1: see. We'll, no, we'll, I, 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 they keep saying that 10 years, 10 years, 10 years, but there are, I've been following this pretty closely and they're dumping billions of dollars into the yeah. development of this and you and they have backers of the likes of uber the airlines um so mm-hmm. i don't think they're going to i don't think this is going to go backwards and and um it's gonna i think the adoption curve is going to be pretty fast so okay. we'll, we'll see and the interesting thing is um there's going to be a total convergence all this is going to happen when um you know, drone delivery from Amazon, you're, you you want, you want to order chapstick, you're going to have it in in 20 minutes and mm-hmm. from a little drone dropping it, parachuting it on your front door, um, hailing a, a <coughs> excuse me, an autonomous Uber uh, to the city um, and, and urban air mobility, what's really going to be fascinating is all three of these technologies are going to kind of happen at the same time. Mm-hmm. And it's going to, it's really going to blow our hair back, I think. Yes. Yeah, I would agree with that it's coming faster than you think it's coming fast so there's our there's our first day back after two weeks my name is eric Durendorf. i'm the ceo of evernet consulting we're america's leading it services provider for businesses throughout the country and i'm joined every tuesday morning by my friend and colleague brian williams yeah we're northshire consulting an
0: independent advisory firm in connecticut serving families and businesses to work on them help them with their investments and their future financial outlooks and um our uh online stuff is usually under 401k and beyond so that's our youtube channel instagram TikTok a little bit there and our website is northshireconsulting.com that's about 80 percent through a through a redesigned couple things i got a tweak Looking there good. but um but uh yeah so the logo once you scroll down looks a little better but on the first page it uh, blends looking, in with the I'm it's looking too good much, but put the contact form on the front page and put the socials on there and a couple other little menu changes
1: but uh and there's, there's there's mine right there evernetco.com everybody awesome so we'll see you next week see you next week brian